Right, let me find my place. Great for those that just, just encourage those who, uh, who shared. Um, contribute this morning, we love it. Just the, the gifts among us, stirring it up, hearing God's voice together among us. Right, we're going to start in uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, now I know I've said this before, but whenever we, we see a therefore in the, in the scriptures, we need to, it should prompt us to ask, what is it there for? And, uh, and really, this, this is a little bit of a, a pivot in the whole book of Romans. The previous 11 chapters have been, have been doctrine. The previous 11 chapters have been about what God has done, our position before God, and about, about what God has done for us. Paul uh, quoted some of them when he spoke about baptism a, uh, a little while ago. And uh, it, it, these 11 chapters have been all about what, the doctrine, about what God has done for us. And then they, they pivot on this, in this chapter here. They go from doctrine to application. We go from doctrine to the practical. Uh, because doctrine on its own, you know, simple knowledge about what God has done and our position before God and, and all of this sort of truth in our, in our heads is, uh, is, is useless without the practical, without the application. Um, and, and Christianity, is, it really is just a, a, it's a way of life. Early Christians, they, were, they weren't called Christians, they were called followers of the way because they were following a different way, pursuing a different way to the rest of society. And so they were called followers of the way. It was only much later they were called Christians. You know, they were followers of the way, followers of Jesus. They were following a person. They were, it, was, it was a relationship. You know, it came across this morning in, uh, in, in, in Jack's testimony and in what was shared. In the, it's a relationship with a person. Being a Christian is a relationship with Jesus. It's not simply head knowledge or knowing some, some doctrine or, or theology or knowing these things, though good. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. And, uh, and so it, it's therefore, it continues, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of all that God has done for us, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul, the writer, he's saying, don't be, don't be molded, don't be shaped by the world. For us, I guess, in here it would, be, it would be secularism. You know, he's saying, don't be shaped by that. Don't be shaped by society. You know, secularism, it's just the, it's the air that we breathe, isn't it, around us. So is everything is wired that way around us. It just seems normal. But Paul here, he's saying, he's saying, don't be shaped by those things. Don't be shaped by this current age. Don't conform to that. Instead, be transformed. Those words, be transformed, they're a, a passive imperative. You get this a lot in the, in the scriptures, a passive imperative. So it, it, it's be transformed. It's, it, it's an initiative that is, 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 a, is, God's, is affected by God. It's something God is doing by his Holy Spirit in us, transforming us, but we, we have to cooperate in it. And we see it a lot through the scriptures. Be strengthened. The, the strengthening comes from the Holy Spirit, comes from the Lord, but we have to cooperate in it. Be strengthened. Be transformed. These are passive imperatives where it's, it's God who's, who's at work, and we're just cooperating in what he is doing. So the transformation, it's a, a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we have to do ourselves. 
When we encounter Jesus, we meet Jesus, his Holy Spirit in us transforms us. We just need to cooperate with it. Uh, And so this morning, I just want to spend a little bit of time uh, just looking at at three aspects, really, of how the the Holy Spirit transforms us. Three three aspects, three ways in which the Holy Spirit transforms us. I'm really going to give a mention to the first two and then just major on the third one in in the time we have left. Verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. He's saying, you know, just because you know Jesus, just because you've met Jesus, just because you've been forgiven, freed, don't think you're any better than anybody else. Don't think you're somehow, you can look down on anybody else. He's saying humility. You know, we all arrived here with, with nothing, nothing except our sin and our shame. And, and, and Jesus took those things away, paid for them, but it was a free gift of grace. This is the, the great leveler, folks, that we're all, we're all broken, we're all desperate, we're all far away from God and, and can't get there ourselves. And yet by the cross, we're brought near. By the cross, we're forgiven. By the cross, we, we get to draw near to him, have our sins forgiven, our guilt, our shame taken away. And so don't think of ourselves as any, any better than anybody else. We're all in the same boat. So first of all, we're to be shaped by humility. This is a, a great theme right the way through the scriptures, humility. Christ humbled himself. God, it's elsewhere it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so, so folks, it's so important that we, we build from this basis of humility, that, that none of us are, are, are any better than the other, that we are all flawed, corrupted, broken, and in need of rescuing. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. So, folks, we're shaped by humility. The second one. Let's continue in verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The church, we're, we're one body the body of Christ, and, and, and the parts of our bodies, they have different abilities, don't they? Different, different gifts, but the body needs each other. The body needs each other. You know, if you're missing uh, part of your body, there's a lack, right? We need one another. Very much off the back of what Marshall spoke about last week. If you missed it, do, do listen back. But each one of us has a contribution to make. When we gather together on a Sunday or, or gather in life groups or even throughout the week, it's not just when we, when we gather, but each one of us has a contribution we can bring, a contribution we can make. Don't discount yourself thinking, oh, that's, that's for those who, who can stand up with a microphone or uh, that's for those who can play guitar. And each of us, each of us have a contribution to make. If, uh, when I go for a, go for a run... It, it's been a few weeks now. But when I go for a run, you know, it's primarily my, my legs and I guess my lungs doing most of the work, right? But, but my whole body's involved. I can't leave part of it at home. 
uh, and uh, the whole, it does the whole of my body good, right? Even though, say, my legs, my lungs do most of the work, the whole of the body is built up. And so when, when we bring something, when we bring an encouragement to somebody, and it might just be a one-on-one encouragement or a, an encouragement to, to the whole body, we're, even though we might be building up just one person on their own, we're building up the body, yeah? We're strengthening the body. We're blessing the body. We're edifying the body. This week... Um, just, it was first week back at work, been on holiday for a couple of weeks, and uh, first week back at work, busy week, lots going on, and uh, I remember I, I landed at Life Group on, on Wednesday, and you have those, you have those, those times when it's a busy week, and, and maybe there's a, a Life Group or, or something like that, and you just think, you know what, actually, what, what I need this evening is, um, is to stay in, I need some comfort food, I need some Netflix, and you just think, yeah, that's, that, that's what I need right now. And um, I mean, who's, anyone made decisions? Okay, good, I'm not alone. And that, that's what was going through my head. And um, anyway, I, I left the house, went to, I'm not saying I always do this, but I left the house, went to life group. And, uh, and, and just, it wasn't a sense of anybody, uh, anybody prayed for me. Hey, Steve, I can see you. First week back from holiday. Oh, I feel, I feel for you, Steve, you know, two weeks off. And, and let me pray for you brother. It was none of that, but just being together with, with brothers and sisters, just being together, and the, we, uh, there was worship, we uh, read from the scriptures. It wasn't about me at all. Not at all. Not at all. But it did me good. Just being there, it did me good. Yeah. So I want to just encourage you, we need one another. We need the body. And, and in those moments where, where life is, is tricky and, and pressured and stressed, the, the temptation can be in our thinking, oh, what, I, what I need right now, especially for an introvert like me, the, t- the temptation can be, what I need right now is to withdraw. Yeah? What I need right now is to be alone and some comfort food and, and whatever your, your thing is, and, and I need to withdraw. I want to encourage us, we need one another. We need the body. Even when we don't necessarily think like that, the truth is that we need the body. We need the encouragement of the body. And frank, frankly, I don't think anybody at Life Group necessarily knew what, what was going on in my week, but just being together, it did me good. Amen? And, um, and I guess that also sp- spills in just to, to, to these things, you know, Life Groups and, and Sundays as well, because it can be easy in, in busy lives to make decisions. You know what? Um, and I, I realise I'm back from two weeks off, and so I've missed two Sundays. So I'm, I'm, I don't feel well qualified to say this, but that, I guess, means I can say it, if that makes sense, because I'm talking to myself. In the, it can be easy to fall into patterns where we think, oh, life's busy. You know what? Well, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in on a Sunday, because I can't do it anywhere else, um, and I'll just, oh, I just won't be around at church that week. Or, or, and we can quickly build in, in just bad habits, you know? And for us, and I say, I know we've been away two weeks on holiday, fine. But for us, Sundays are a real priority. Life groups and Sundays are a real priority. And it doesn't always mean we, we sometimes don't feel like it. Sometimes it doesn't mean there's, there's not invitations from, from family or, hey, can't we, you know, it's so-and-so's birthday, can't you be there today? No, sorry. We, we can't. And, and in doing that, we're modelling something to, to our kids as well. We're modelling, you know what, the body is really important. It's not just about some sort of religion where we, where we go and uh, anything like that. No, it's a personal relationship, and we're part of a body. And we have a contribution to bring, um, whether we have a microphone or not, just by being here, we have a contribution to bring. And, and not only will the body be weaker if we're not there, but so will we. Yeah? I'm not trying to guilt anybody in this. Uh, um, I'm, I've just had two weeks off, so uh, I'm in that same boat. But, but folks, we each have a contribution to bring. So let me just encourage you. 
make our times together, whether it be life group or, or Sundays, a priority, because actually it will do you good. You may think, how is this going to help how I feel right now? It will. How will this help my diary that's really busy and I need to find some more time to work? And, and, and It will. I also get, practically, there are good reasons why we can't, sometimes we can't be here every Sunday and I've just had a two-week holiday. Okay. Third point uh, let me, that I'm going to spend most of the time uh, before anyone leaves um, on. Verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. So it's saying, don't, don't say one th- in the name of love, don't say one thing in front of a person and then another. You know, oh, I don't want to offend them. I want them to, to, think, I love, to think I love them, so I'm not going to say that to them, but I'll actually think this over here. Yeah? It's that, that hypocritical kind of love. Don't, let's not be like that as a church, as a people. Sincere love can look, look like uh, dealing and confronting difficult things in love, that might be sin in ourselves or, or our friends, but it's because we love them. Not because we want to bring them down a peg or two, not because we, we feel like they've offended me, they've hurt me, and, and I want revenge. No, no, because we love them. Yeah? So it might be, sincere love might mean at times difficult conversations, but it's because we love them and we want to see them and their relationship with Jesus and our, our relationship with one another grow because of it. So love must be sincere. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. This, this is the radical kind of love we want to strive for as a church, folks. Devoted to one another in love, honouring one another above ourselves. This, the word love back in verse 9, um, sincere love, the, the word love there, agape, it's the same word that is used for God's love for us. God's love that overlooks, uh, that, you know, because of the cross, overlooks our sin. He's patient with us, right? His love is so patient with us. It reaches out to bring us back. This strong love, this same word is the, that we're to have for one another, that God has for us, is the, it's the same word. It's the same kind of love that we're to have for one another as God has for us. And so in light of all that have we received... Be humble, be committed to the body, be committed to one another, honouring others above ourselves, not lacking in zeal, fully committed to the Lord. And what characterises this sort of love, this sort of radical love? Verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Why, Why joyful in hope? It's because we need hope, isn't it? We need hope. If you've been following the, the unfolding of this tragic story um, with the, the sub, sub, submersible this week, um, I remember just, just, you know, it's kind of captured the news, hasn't it? And I remember reading it um, on Thursday, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, when they were still, still searching, and the, the headline was, you know, head of the, the rescue says, we need to have hope, right? And, okay, now we know, we know how it, it ended, but... We need to have hope. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? We need to have hope. Because if he'd said then, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, it's hopeless. Then what's the point in, in, in the search? What's the point in the rescue? What's the, what's the point in all of that? You need, we need hope. It's true in life. Without hope, we're lost. 
And so we, we, can, we can search for it in career. We can search in status. Jack alluded to some of this in his testimony. We can search for it in career, in status, in, in money, in education, um, in relationships. And we can try and build them and make, make these things so solid because, hey, if, they, if they're going to hold our hope, then we want to make sure they, they are as, as sure as they can be and aren't just going to topple over because they're holding my hope. You know, this career, I better work so hard at this job because, it, not, not because God tells me to work hard, um, but because I need to work so hard for it because it, it's my hope. Yeah? I need to earn so much to, to get my bank balance to a certain point because that's my hope. My hope's in that thing. You know, you, and, and without that, there's no, without hope, we're lost. But the problem is with those things I mentioned is that they can't withhold our hope. They can't withhold our hope. You know, education, there is always going to be somebody smarter than you, I'm afraid. Jobs, they, they come, they go. Companies, they come, they go. Relationships can, can break down. And all of, these, all of these things, you know, if we don't measure up education, career, job, you know, your bank manager, your bank balance, if you don't measure up, you're out. You're out. And... And when we reach the end of our days, when we reach the end of our time, none of those things will count for anything. No matter how much money you have in the bank, no matter... I mean, that's the, the tragic story of the, 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 the submarine thing, right? I mean, billions in the bank, it would seem. I don't know if they have a relationship with the Lord or not, but, but it, it counts for nothing at the end of our days, folks. It counts for nothing. None of it can buy us ultimate hope. And when I say ultimate hope, what I mean is a confidence and an assurance of a certain future. A hope that cannot be taken away, that cannot be lost. A future with no more suffering, no more tears, no more pain, and a future with Jesus. The reason I said at the beginning, it's a relationship with Jesus. Being a Christian isn't just some sort of insurance policy where, well, you know, if, if, in case there is more than just this life, I better become a Christian so that I can go on to eternity and it's some sort of insurance policy. No, no, it's a personal relationship with Jesus. And we get to go and be with him. This message of the gospel is that the great leveler is that there is no hope for any of us outside of the, cross, outside of the gospel. There's no hope for me, no hope for you. So corrupted are we, but, verse 1, in light of God's mercy, there is. There is hope. So we are to be joyful because of the hope we have in Jesus. There are situations, aren't there, in life that can, that can steal our joy. You know, work, problems at home, problems at work, disappointments, pain, illness. But a, there is a joy in our relationship with Jesus of our, our sure and certain foundation and hope for the future that can be never taken away. Yeah? If my joy is in my job, then my joy is going gonna, is gonna to be like this, right? If it's in, in, in anything else, it's, but... but but my certain hope in Jesus, it's going to be like this. Yeah? There'll be moments when it's, oh, it's not so good at the moment. I'm not, not very joyful because all oh, my hope's in that, and it's, it's going. If it's in my bank balance, oh, interest rates and everything else, oh, gosh, my joy's down. But my joy's in him. It's not affected by that. It goes on, patient in affliction. I love how realistic the scriptures are. Patient in affliction, not you know, not kind of patient if there's trouble, but there's going to be trouble. Be patient through them. We're all going to face trouble in this life. The Bible's clear about that. Yeah, Jack, your troubles haven't ended, mate. I'm afraid. Maybe just just begun. Um, but 
I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, but we're all going to face affliction. We're all going to face affliction. And what's the Bible say? Be patient. Because joy is on the way. If our joy and our, of, of our, is in our, our hope and our future with Jesus, then joy is on the way. Pain, suffering, it's just short. As Peter says, you know, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And, so, and the wonderful thing as well as suffering as a believer is that there's no such thing as meaningless suffering because God's working in our suffering. So whatever situation you find yourself in right now, the Lord is at work, okay? He's at work. He's at work strengthening you, you're d- deepening your relationship with him, whatever it is. You may not see it. You may look, most likely you will look back and see it or other people will look back and say, oh, I see you've really grown. So you may not see it, but you can be patient in it because you know what? The Lord is working in your suffering, yeah? There's no such thing as a believer as meaningless suffering. God works through our suffering. Faithful in prayer. Because, and this is because you remain joyful in hope and faithful in tricky times by addressing them through prayer. Prayer isn't just one-way communication with God, although frankly so often it, it, it can be, you know, if we're not careful it can just be us going to the Lord with our, our wish list, do this, please Lord help me with this, provide this, provide that and we can just go to him with a one way kind of shopping list, but prayer, understood rightly and practiced rightly is a dialogue, it's a dialogue we speak to the Lord, he speaks to us yeah, he reminds us of this hope that we have in him, he reminds us that he's with us through all our afflictions, he reminds us that, that we have a, a hope and a certain future together with him, that he's with us no matter what we go through, yeah, so that's why it says prayer, it's a dialogue, not, don't, let us not just be those that go to prayer with our lists of, hey, will you do this, but let's listen to what he has to say, because he wants to encourage us, he wants to edify us, he wants to build us up, to strengthen us, Especially when we're weak and we've, we've lost perspective and, and we think, you know what, right now I just, I just need time out from this. No, that's when he wants to speak and lift us up, encourage us, remind us of the truth, remind us of his hope, of our certain future and foundation in him. Let us be those who have prayer as a dialogue with him. Okay, lastly, some real practical outworking of this radical love. Verse 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in, who are in need practice hospitality. As I mentioned, interest rates went up again this week, uh, and uh, you know, cost of living crisis, bills are going up. Um, there's almost, if, you, if you, you read the news and you're thinking about uh, the economy and money and so on, I'm not making a political point here at all, um, there's almost no good news, right? I mean, at the moment, is there? You know, it's, 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 it's difficult, let's say, cost of living crisis. Um, and the reality of the situation is there will be folks among us here who have need. Yeah, there will be folks among us who have need. If, if not now, then in the coming months and, and coming into the winter and, and so on. And it's no coincidence that after speaking about love and this radical kind of love that we're to have for one another as God's people, that he then goes on to speak about sharing with people and hospitality. Again, the Bible is, is very realistic about this. It's not as though somehow by, by, by being a, a believer you're going to have you know, health and wealth and all of those sort of things in this life. Um, and the Bible's expectation is there will be those among you who have needs. And when there are, hospitality is a great way to begin to meet that. Hey, come over. Let's get round the table. Let me uh, serve you up some food. 
Let's talk. Oh, you've got, there's, there's more need. I can see you've got more need than just a, than just a meal. Let's talk about that. Let's see how, how, how we can be the answer to that. Or we, the church, the body, can meet that need. This is a radical kind of love he's speaking about here. A radical kind of love. Folks, let us be a church who are characterized by this sort of love. Not, not those who are kind of waiting to be offended or, or easily offended, but those with a deep, rich love for one another, committed to the body, wanting to see the body grow, wanting to see one another grow, wanting to see out need. And I, I can meet that need. I've got a little bit extra at the moment. I can, I can meet that need. Or, you know what, I can't. Let me find a way that we can together as a body meet that need. You can come over to mine for a meal. Come over. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's pray. Let us be a, a people who have this radical kind of love for one another. Very practically on that, we don't talk about giving very much. Um, I mean, we're, we're British. Um, out of COVID, we didn't do an awful lot of it before COVID, to be honest. Um, I suppose if, if we were really financially squeezed, we probably would feel the pressure too. But that's no, that's no excuse, and that's not right, because the Bible speaks a lot about money. And so I just want to put it out there. I'm making a lot of enemies today, it feels like. Um, that that um, we do believe in giving, okay? So if you're new and you're, kind of, you're figuring it out, we're not after your money, okay? But if you would call, uh, call this church your home then, and you're a follower of Jesus, then we do believe in, in giving financially. And that giving into the, into the ministry and part of that just supports what, all that we do. Um, we give away as well to um, various things that you can read about on the website or ask us about. Um, but also when there's need in the body, when, when we're aware of a situation perhaps uh, where we just, you know what, you know what that, that individual or that family just, just needs some, some money, we'll, we'll step in. Now we won't, we won't sort of say, oh, do you know so-and-so-and-so-and-so was a little bit short, and we gave them this much. Because that's not really helpful to, it's not really helpful to do that. But, but nonetheless, we do it. And so I say that for two reasons. One is um, to, to be, have your ears attentive to, to need in the body. And if, if there's need that you just feel, you know what, oh, I, can't, I can't myself meet this need, I'm not able to, then bring it to us. I say it for that reason. We, we want to have this radical kind of love. And if coming into the, the, the money coming into the church together is a way of us administrating it, so be it. Um, but the other reason I mention it is, of course, that money doesn't just come off a, a tree that we go and shake and uh, off, off falls money. It comes from, from regular faithful giving from folk like you. So I want to just say, if you haven't um, discovered the joy and the grace of giving, then there's stuff on the website to have a look at that. It's really, we're not, I say we do not speak about money very often. So if you're kind of a cynicist and think, oh, he's after my money, you should listen back because we haven't spoken about it for a long time. So let me just encourage you about that regular giving, but also that, that attentive, attentiveness of need in the body that we might be able to meet yourself, or hey, if not, come and speak to us, and we want to see that needs met. Right, Joe, Claire, you okay to um, come back up, and we're going to respond in worship. Should we stand? In a high, really high-level headline of what I've shared is that in light of the gospel, in light of what Jesus has done for us, allow the Holy Spirit to shape us with humility, by being part of the body, and by love. And the interesting thing with those three things is they're all deeply relational, aren't they? Deeply relational. They're all about our relationships with one another. Don't think of yourself as better than the other person over there. No, no you're all in the same boat. 
be connected to the body. Don't, you know, pull out for time out, withdraw. You've got a contribution. It's about the body. Love and love. They're deeply relational. And it's all, in, in, all back in verse 1, in view of God's mercy. And so I'm going to pray. We're going to get into worship. It was wonderful last week, after Marshall's prompting, of just, just seeing folk go, you know what, I, can, I feel I want to go and pray for that person. I feel like I've got an encouragement for that other person. Just seeing kind of happening unscripted, unorganized, organically. And uh, maybe there's a time for that now as we just worship and uh, worship where you are. But I want to encourage you. You feel the, the Lord speaking to you. There's the microphone here. Maybe if a particular person, go up to them, prompt them, share it with them, um, pray for them. And uh, we want all that the Lord has for us. I'm going to pray, and then Joe and Claire are going to lead us in worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for, for, the, for the cross, that you died. You sent your son to die on the cross. That we, that for those that know you, we died with you at the cross. Our sin, our shame, taken away, paid for at the cross rose to life God none of us are deserving none of us can earn it but we're we're glad recipients of grace your free gift of grace Lord we want to be be shaped by that as a people Lord we want to be shaped by your grace not shaped by by culture or by society we want to be those who, who follow Jesus and be shaped by your spirit so I want to pray for us as a people Lord I want to pray that we'd be shaped by humility by commitment to one another to the body and by love radical love Lord not to earn anything not to get right with you but in light of all that you've done Lord all of this is a response to what you have done for us, Lord. And we celebrate in light of all that you have done for us, but we want to be transformed, want you to transform us in light of all that you've done, Lord Jesus. I want to pray, as we worship now, Holy Spirit, would you just come? I thank you how you've just been at work among us, speaking to us. But you're, you're so keen just to speak to us, Lord to encourage us, to build us up. Give us an obedience and a boldness. We ask it in your name.